0: Tonight we're hanging with the boys. Yeah, we're going out. We're getting stupid, and feeling proud. We gonna make a lot of noise, turn the music loud. Hands up for them real ones, them good girls and them bail gloves. Real, real ones.
1: Everyone, and welcome back to the Bill Buds podcast. I, of course, am your host, JPC, but I'm not your only host. I am but one of two hosts. My other co host, the back half to my front half, JJO, Johnny O'Mara. Johnny, how the heck are you doing?
2: Two hosts, both alike in dignity. It's great to be here.
1: Two hosts diverged in a yellow wood, and <laughs> I, is that diverged in a yellow wood? Man, I don't remember anything I learned in school, and I, I fucked the host less traveled. <laughs> I fucked a hostess <laughs> in its packaging. Uh, that is that is one hundred percent true. But this is not a show about um, sexual exploits, conquests. This is not a show about making love to baked goods. Although, idea for a Buds AU. I don't know what the bill is in that. This is a no. show. <laughs> this is a show <laughs> where Johnny and I just like kind of <laughs> tell each other about our weeks. Johnny, how's your week? Anything new?
2: It was great. And you know, speaking of baked goods, I do have some. I'm we're go, we're going to a, a cookout tomorrow, and uh, I'm making some Hawaiian rolls to put some burgers on. I'm
1: very excited. Ooh, so. you're making some Hawaii. now, Johnny. I love Hawaiian rolls. Okay. Oh yeah, they taste Who sweet, 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 sweet breads. What is the secret? What's what goes into a Hawaiian roll? Can you give me the little recipe breakdown? Do,
2: yeah. Do you do you have a guess for what what the
1: secret is, Johnny? I'm gonna say butter. Well, there is, there is butter in it, but that's not okay, really Okay, so secret. I got the secret. Uh, is it sugar? I mean, is it just yeah, I, you put sugar in it?
2: I mean, there is, there is sugar in it, but the, the, thing, the thing that was surprising to me the first time I made them, pineapple juice.
1: Well, I guess that makes fucking sense. Yeah, right? <laughs> okay. I was going to be like, um, Spam?
2: Oh, that'd be, dude, if you got little cubes of Spam in there, that'd probably be fucking good.
1: I bet you could make some, I bet there's, I mean, obviously, Hawaiian rolls and spam. It's, you know, what could go better? Uh, Well, that's interesting. Pineapple juice. How much pineapple juice?
2: Not much. Like half a little baby can. So I do have half a can that I think I'm going to make a little PBR Rattler with when we're done.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Don't let that pineapple juice go to waste. I'll I'll be (laughs) honest, a a splash of pineapple juice, especially in like a seltzer, I love a little pineapple. I love a little pineapple flavor.
2: Pineapple's one of my favorite fruits.
1: We've been doing uh, this, like, you know, I guess it's not really the summer yet, but this spring, I guess it's summer soon, right? It's fucking June, but it's not summer yet, um, uh, because you'll know when it's summer when we drop our, our secret summer episode, uh, but... <laughs> It's beginning to be nice weather, at least, and there's nothing I like more than doing just a plain Topo Chico, you know, a sparkling uh, mineral water and a little bit of juice. Just a little bit of like, get a little bit of like, uh, you know, pineapple juice, works tomato right juice. With it. tomato juice, uh, beet juice, um, orange juice. But no, yeah, you, you take take like a raspberry, cherry, strawberry, some type of like juice like that, and just put a little bit into a seltzer. That's
2: you know, I've honestly never tried that and I just got some Topo Chico and I'm gonna. Uh
1: we just found some at the store now. I've only ever had the original Topo Chico, but now apparent apparently this is something that's just been around forever. They just didn't have it in Chicago. They have the like Topo Chico with lime and Topo Chico with pomegranate. Uh and they're pretty good, but I, I like to make my own. I again I I I like to make my own splash flavor combination.
2: I I I don't know if you know this about me. You probably do, but I don't drink soda. Mm -hmm. and getting flavored sparkling water feels like a slippery slope
1: to me oh interesting
2: so i don't drink the flavored sparkling water even though i know it's completely different but that's how i like keep that divide in my
1: in my head hey whatever works for you um yeah now me personally i'm a little topo freako and i'll get freaky with any topo chico flavors Yo,
2: look! I'm, yo soy to- topo frico también. Um, <laughs> yo quiero Topo bell. I, I, uh, I, I, was in the store the other day, and I could only find the topo chico with lime, and I oh. was
1: furious. Well, I mean, I get it uh, for your moral principles, um, but it's it's new. Everybody wants it. It's it's the hot item in Chicago.
2: And I think limes are immoral.
1: Now, what I love uh, is Polar brand. But now Polar brand, I mean, if you're, Johnny, if you're a man of just, you know, the straight carbonated water, it doesn't really matter what brand you go. I mean, Polar probably tastes like LaCroix, right? Does it all taste kind of the same? Polar
2: and LaCroix are similar. I I prefer if I'm going you know the plain i do prefer a mineral water to just the plain sparkling water for
1: sure yeah i think that that there is a difference there but polar i think makes some great flavored waters uh they are the only ones that do that i have found that do like a black cherry oh mm-hmm. my god i i fucking love the black cherry polar they Here's also do something... an orange vanilla very very good oh wow yeah cream sickle it it yeah Here...
2: I don't know if this is in my head or not, but it feels like Topo Chico stays bubbly longer than other sparkling waters. Oh, my God. Do you find that to be the case?
1: You know what? I kind of do, because I'm a slow sipper on a Topo Chico, which is a problem, because... I get it. It's when I have it. It's like ice cold, and by the time I'm done with it, I'm like, I wish that this was cold again. Uh, so, but yes, you're right. It does really stay bubbly for a long time. I'm not sure if that is in my mind, or maybe you're just like kind of Mandela affecting it into mine. But maybe it could be. I don't know. I hey, I love that theory.
2: I went to a bar once, and on the menu there was a drink. It was like a, f- a fancy bar. It wasn't. It sure, wasn't sure. my usual fare. Um, and they had a drink on the menu that was just called. Topo Chico and absinthe. And then the description of the drink was Topo Chico and absinthe. And I was like, well.
1: Not even a cocktail.
2: I've got to try this. (laughs) Um, It was exactly what it said. And it tasted like shit. But it was, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I'm glad I tried it.
1: Here's something that I've thought about trying for a long time, and I'll hey, I'm gonna be vulnerable here, and I have not tried because I think it's gonna be bad. But two things that I love, love, love drinking: Topo Chico and cold brew. And I'm like, would a Topo Chico cold brew? Because <sighs> cold brew, you should add some water to it because you got to cut the like the concentrate. And I'm like, is that maybe I'll try it today? Maybe I'll try that it today. That sounds. I don't know. That it could sounds be bad.
2: really good. It does sound good. Does it not? Is okay. Is this crazy? What if you also squeeze a little lemon in there? Is that out of control? I,
1: I don't know. I have lemon in my fridge. I could do a little lemon. I I mean, like also, can you? Can I cut it with oat milk? Can I put like an oat milk in there? Does that? Will that work?
2: Sparkling milk of any kind is challenging.
1: <laughs> I I here is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do the cold <laughs> brew and Topo Chico first. I'm gonna mess around with proportions. I'm gonna do that first, and then if it's really bad. I'll feel cart blanche to throw lemons in there and do whatever. I'll, I can fuck it up, but if it's really good, then I'll try to add stuff to see if that fucks it up. I, I'm going to go full scientific method on this. Sparkling iced tea is very good. Okay, so is that and that's something you've had? Oh yeah. Well, it's uh, fans of the show uh, let us know if you think that uh, sparkling cold brew is a good idea. It's probably it probably is, Johnny. This probably exists in some packaged. I'm product sure it that does. You can buy I mean at a Starbucks.
2: Like nitro cold brew exists, which is exactly not not sparkling, but
1: car, you yeah, know, not ca- not carbonated, kind of but bubbly, bubbly. Yeah, it's 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 similar in scope. Well, either way, I'm going to be brave and I'm going to try it. But speaking of, um, uh, Johnny, you mentioned going to a bar. Speaking of people that cannot go to bars uh, for another few years, we are covering a brand new artist to hit the scene. This is this is a uh, their their 2021 was their debut album. We're covering Olivia Rodrigo's "Sour" on the episode today.
2: This is maybe the most zeitgeisty episode we've done, except I think for so. the future episode when we do eventually do the Smashing Pumpkins album Zeitgeist.
1: <laughs> yes, except for that future one that we've done. I Johnny, this this album is very very much what people were talking about on Twitter for at least three days and only those that this for that three days. I mean, it's out there. This is this is is this maybe our first Gen Z artist that we've covered on the show? (sighs) I think so. It could be the.
2: Yeah, I mean. How old is Post Malone?
1: Well he's post Malone and Malone was what mm, so Malone and, yeah yeah it was Malone was like ninety six so he must be after ninety six post malone is twenty five that I think twenty five is gen Z right that must be post malone must be
2: no it's millennial Gen Z is between ninety seven and like twenty fifteen
1: Oh, wow. Okay. And yeah, so, so I'm... So he's a, a,
2: a young millennial.
1: Baby millennial. Now, everybody who's like on the cusp is kind of, you know, you, you, you never really know. Like there are some... I know some older millennials where, where I'm like, you're Gen Z or, or Gen, Gen X. You're definitely Gen X. Yeah. But whatever. Either way, this is, uh, you know, Gen Z artist. I believe she is 18 at time of record. Yeah. And this album's everywhere. People are talking about this fucking album.
2: It's, it's blowing up. It's blowing up. Did you know? I had no idea. She's a she's a Disney kid.
1: I, I did know. I did know that she was a Disney kid. Now, I had never heard of Olivia Rodrigo before. This album literally came out and Mariah was like, have you heard the new Olivia Rodrigo? And I said, who is that? And why would I know who that is? And then I, she was like, you didn't hear Driver's License? And I said, no, I did not hear Driver's License. I don't know where I heard that.
2: I heard Driver's License and that was my only intro. Can I... Can I tell you the thing that floored me the most doing research for this episode? So she was on a Disney show called Vark. Okay. Did you look this up at all?
1: Uh, Did I look up the show Vark? No, besides the name. I saw the name and I said, next. Well, one
2: of her co-stars was Jake Paul.
1: Oh, okay. Jake Paul was? I had no idea Jake Paul was a Disney kid. Uh,
2: Me neither. I just thought he was a fucking YouTube goon.
1: Well, that's isn't that Logan Paul? That's I thought the they YouTube? were both YouTube goons. They may there. I mean, why wouldn't you be? Yeah, I don't. I don't. But Logan must be the older one, then, right? Um,
2: I don't know. He's I don't got a know podcast about... and he
1: fights people. I don't know. He's like a he's like a boxer, or like a UFC mm-hmm. guy too. <sighs> well, you know who knows? Uh, but that's that's wild because what I was gonna say, Johnny, is I think that I'm here to fully endorse the. Disney kid to pop star pipeline cuz I think it fucking works. I think it's a proven recipe for success and I think it works. I'll tell you what I don't I
2: can't really think of a Disney star turned pop star that I don't maybe I don't love them all, but I at least enjoy them. Yeah. You know? Um and the other thing I'll say about that pipeline is I understand... SNL is a complicated beast. Sure. those Caveat. people are always the absolute best fucking hosts. They just, oh. like, know how to do it.
1: I, Johnny, I will say that uh, I didn't even know Olivia Rodrigo was on SNL because I don't watch SNL until I saw um, her videos. I was on her YouTube channel and I saw her do her SNL songs and I was like, oh, I should listen to How She Sounds Live. And I did listen to her two SNL songs as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah, she should, she should have hosted. Whoever hosted then... Should have been her.
1: I got to be honest, Johnny. The host was barely in the videos that I watched of her. The host was there to introduce her, of course. But other than that, they didn't show up at all. And she was the star of those, um, you know, songs that she was singing. (laughs) No, no. The host, I I mean, bare minimum, you could show up in a funny Rasta hat and say, you know, a a line that uh, (laughs) will get you You canceled.
2: You know what? Years ago, years ago. Queens uh-huh. of the Stone Age was the musical guest on SNL and um Will Ferrell was the host. Oh wow. And the Queens of the Stone Age song Little Sister had just come out and that song prominently features like a cowbell. So Will Ferrell came out as the Blue Oyster Cult dude and played the cowbell
1: with them. That's well that's fucking phenomenal but it, th- that's Will the Ferrell's only time <laughs> literally the only
2: time you can do that. <laughs>
1: Uh, okay, but Johnny, we got to talk, talk about Sour. Now, you know, full disclosure, we are two uh, men, a- a cis, white men in our 30s. We're men of a certain age. Men of a certain age. And we're listening to what is essentially a high schooler's very emotional breakup album. But I got to say, very excited to talk about this album with you.
2: I'm also very excited to talk about it. Oh, how old is khalid
1: oh god yeah no he's he's young young he's got to be gen z okay so we totally fucked up khalid's definitely gen z
2: he's 23 he's 23 so
1: yeah 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 so that it got to be got to be
2: that the the the, like high schooliness reminded me this is they're they're very much um
1: yeah very much except you know as far as i'm concerned celebrities don't actually go to high school right you get cast on shows and then you have just like someone teach you on set
2: that is an interesting thing that I'm looking forward to talking about later in this album. But
1: <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: I mean, if you've been on Bizarre Vark since you were eight or whatever.
1: was Yeah, that's true. I don't what know. What is your experience? Well, Johnny, either way, we got to talk about this album. Um, and we we I think we're just going to go track by track. But before we get into that, I would just like to say, this album, I mean, it, it came out in May of this year. Uh, it is now June. It came out in May. It's not currently on the Billboard Top 200, and I don't think it's because it hasn't charted. I just think it's because it's at time of recording, it's too soon. Now, what it did chart was it charted very high on the Billboard Hot 100, which is just songs. Uh, The three singles all charted or all debuted in the Top 10, and two of them debuted at number one. So people were very into this song and i think that it also set some like spotify streaming records um for for the day that it, the song's the day that they that they dropped with like people streaming them uh, i driver's license was the first one and it was again very popular i completely missed it cuz i'm not on tiktok uh
2: a gr- a great thing that i love about this album first of all 11 tr- uh, 11 tracks
1: 11 tracks
2: every track is like two and a half to three and a half minutes, except driver's license, which is 4.02. But Mm -hmm. everything else is like in and out. And that I appreciate.
1: And Olivia Rodrigo, I read, was supposed to put out an EP, you know, not even a full album, but then was like, look, I can't do an EP and do the vision that I want to do for this album because this album is about something super specific, a breakup, and it needs to be an album for that to work. I'm so glad that this came out as an album and not an EP. I, I think that that's such a smart move um, because, you know, why why go with the EP when you have an album's worth of material? Yeah. The other thing that I read is that the the guy who produced and, and co-wrote um, this album or some of the songs on this album, Dan Nigro, the way that he found... Uh, Olivia Rodrigo is he heard a song that she had like posted on her Instagram like a demo that he posted on her Instagram and he was like and I DM'd her immediately and I was like we gotta make music together and I was like oh that's (laughs) because this guy's also he's like 30 he was like 38 at the time and she was 17 and I was like You DM'd her immediately and said, we have to make music together? I'm like, first of all, Mm -hmm. even if you had the best digits, there's got to be a better way to go about doing that. Like, DM her parents. DM her manager. She's a fucking celebrity. Like, talk to her people. (laughs) Don't DM a teenager and say, we have to make music together? You fucking creep.
2: Oh, my. Could you imagine? when When you're a certain level of, like, fame or whatever, you just... Your brain leaks out of your fucking ears <laughs> and is replaced with dirt.
1: All, all that to say is, I've, oh, anyway, I haven't heard anything bad about him. And I, and, and it doesn't, just
2: doesn't, I that, just did, I, hey, I just, I just heard something very bad about him.
1: <laughs> that anecdote may be like, what the fuck is going on? I gotta help you with your breakup album. It's like, all right, calm down, Dan Nigro, you fucking creep. Anyway, uh, so that's that of the album. We, we got to get into it. We're going to go track by track through this thing. It's, you know, it's uh, just over 30 minutes, 11 tracks. What, what a length. What a length for an album. Johnny, should we talk about track one? The, track one, by the way, was the last track that they wrote for the album. Wow. Yeah, this is, uh, and it's also, I think, maybe the shortest track on the album. Um, this is a little bit of Brutal. all right that is a little bit of track one brutal johnny what do we think about brutal this
2: song's out of control i I, i'll come right out and say it this is my favorite song on the album this is such a strong opener i fucking love this song
1: wow you love the song that they wrote last for the album yeah Here's what I will say, Johnny. Going in, not knowing anything about Olivia Rodrigo, keep in mind, I had never heard Driver's License. I just put on the album to be like, let's listen to this album. I was so fucking into this song. I was like, who is this person? What is this song? Like, and I'll be honest, I thought I was into, I thought I was going to listen to like a fully just like pop punk album from from this.
2: Well, hearing only Driver's License and then hearing this, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like... D- Driver's license was like the single. This is maybe what the album's gonna be like. Um, yeah, this is it's so it has this like I don't know, like Veruca Salt or like Slater Kinney vibe, like this like 90s, like grungy vibe. Um, oh, it's so it's so good.
1: It's also. It's also as an introduction to Johnny I'll be I'll be completely honest with you. I've listened to this album a lot of times and I've had a lot of thoughts the more I listen to this album. But it's one of the only songs on the album that's really not about the breakup. It's not about mm-hmm. a breakup really at all, but it is about like the themes of like self-esteem and uh, uh and, and youth and, and all of those things are are present there. Just like the breakup thing isn't totally present there. And there's a lot of angst in this one. It's only two minutes and 24 seconds, which makes it feel kind of like like more of an intro and less of a song because it's just over so quickly. Yeah. But I really, really, really love this as the opener to the album because it is so like, it's, it's so different from most of the rest of the album, but yet it feels like it fits in so well. And I saw someone describe this whole album, which I think is apt, and I did not see this until I had listened to it a bunch of times, and I was like, of course, as a... Um, genre-defying pop album because there's so many different types of pop music present in it. And I was like, yes, of course. It it truly is that.
2: To me, I think it can be divided into like three. There are like three types of songs on this album, Mm -hmm, I think. mm -hmm. There's like this grungy kind of song um, that's like one of the big sub-genres in here. I I, I can tell you the rest now. I I, know, I...
1: I think I totally agree, I think I totally agree with you, like they are there are buckets, but they all they feel like similar but also very different from each other, which i which I really enjoy. Johnny, I think that this one's a banger, and I think that if you have only ever heard driver's license before, and I think if you listen to Brutal, it'll give you a completely different take on like who Olivia Rodrigo is and what this album is. I think it's a really, really strong introduction and i'm I'm glad that they included it as track one, yeah, yeah. I also that the outro which we didn't hear where the like everything kind of slows down and there's that guitar riff the, the just like the descending slog yeah I love that that's very fun
2: I also just love that like when she says god it's brutal out here the, the like effect on her voice is so mm-hmm. like it feels so I mean that's what music sounded like 20 years before she was born this yep. song you know yep. it's and she does such a great job of like doing that
1: yeah, I think that I, at one point I heard that um, her and Dan were like listening to 90s music in a car and were like, yes, we want, we want it to have a sound that's similar to this.
2: Yeah, that classic rock feel.
1: Classic rock. Uh, okay, Johnny. Wow. So we already hit your favorite on the album. I mean, for me, I'll be honest, Johnny, it was a big toss up between what song was my favorite. But let's, t- let's talk about track two now. Uh, this is Traitor. So that is a little bit of traitor track two. Okay, I'll come out and say it, Johnny. This is my favorite on the album.
2: Damn. Okay, this is well. Let's wrap it up. Thank you up. so much for listening. We'll tip our hats and see you around.
1: Tip our hats <laughs> and see you around. And that and that wraps it up for the Billbuds. Johnny, this song. What this this was uh, obviously I listened to the album straight through. When I hit this song, I was like. Oh, it's over for me. This I fucking I, I I will fucking love this album. I I I don't know what it is. I I, I think that this song, uh, you know, it's it's our first breakup song on the album. Obviously, there's something so powerful about "Guess You Didn't Cheat," but you're still a traitor. Just the fucking concept. Because I feel like pop music, we spend so much time talking about cheating. But the betrayal, which I feel like is the is the deepest part of the cheat. Like the physical act is like you know it's important, but but the betrayal, the 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 destruction of trust, and to present a, a situation where there was no like physical cheating, but the betrayal was still there the whole time. Oh, I fucking love that.
2: Yeah, her her lyrics are through ex- throughout the album. Her lyrics are extremely good, um, and it. I mean, I've, I've seen this, Mm -hmm. you know, I've seen this happen to people where it's like, you see, you see a breakup and then like two weeks later, it's like, oh, they were, oh, I, I, I see what happened here.
1: Yeah. and, And there's the other thing that's like, there's a rebound. Which is just like, oh, you broke up and like you slept with someone or whatever. And then there's like, oh, you broke up and you have a girlfriend or you have a, you know, it's like you've got a partner two weeks later. Like you're together. That's like, oh, that's that It's, it, you're it's a brutal traitor. out here. You're a traitor. It's brutal out here.
2: um The the one thing that kind of stuck out to me in this song, and it, it happens a couple other times on this album. And it it, uh, it gave me kind of like, I don't know. It made it I I it confused me. Is there's a line uh in the bridge when she's sleeping in the bed we made, don't you dare forget about the way you betrayed me. And there there are a few times on this album where she sings about stuff that makes it sound like she is much older than she is. Yeah. Cuz when I was a teenager, I wasn't I, like the sleeping in the bed we made makes it sound like you live together or you like have a home together. Not like, not the bed where like two, two teens were like having sex. You know what I mean? It just, it felt like,
1: yeah, I mean, it felt
2: very different than what she was singing about
1: there. I feel like, there are things that she like says that are like evocative and she actually, she addresses that a little later on the album too, which we can cover evocative of maybe an experience. That's not entirely personal Mm -hmm. to her, but that was a Dan line. Yeah. (laughs) It could have been a Dan line, 39 year old guy. So keep that in mind. Uh, But, but, but I do think that, that it on average or on the whole, her lyrics are so personal, which I think is what makes them so fucking powerful. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you that like when I think of making my bed as a teen, I don't think of like making my bed with another person. I think of like, oh, yeah, tucking in my sheets and shit like when I have to make my bed. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but I'm you know, that's my experience. And I'm uh, a different millennial and I was not a celebrity at 18 and I was not crushing fucking uh, celebrity ass at 18, which is I'm assuming this is all about that guy from the other Disney show. By the way, here's the thing. I know a lot of people got really invested in, like, who's it about and all of this backstory. I'm not going to talk about that at all because I'm a 30-year-old man. I don't really give a shit what this teenager is doing. I
2: (laughs) heard it was about Dave Coulier.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That would be more age-appropriate for Dan, by the way, if Dan and Dave Um, Coulier could get together.
2: I one thing. Speaking of Dave Coulier, a lot of these songs do have like a a reverse you ought to know vibe.
1: Oh, it's yeah. like it's
2: like from the other perspective. Uh huh. Which I, is very. It, that's like I feel like that's something. <sighs> there are plenty of breakup songs, but that's like a different kind of breakup song i think and you don't hear that quite as much
1: it's true you you truly don't um and another thing i love about this song is i love that harmonic choral opening i love how vocals forward this whole song is Mm -hmm. everything else the acoustic guitars the oz it's all very subdued it's like it really plays up the emotion of the song and like kind of the rawness of it like every breakup song on this album feels like it just happened 15 minutes ago and i i think that's so fucking cool yeah,
2: she posts a picture of herself crying on Instagram. Dan DMs her, says, are you okay? Do you need to record some music? <laughs> and they get in the studio.
1: Uh, okay, Johnny. So, yeah, so that is Trader. Let's talk about um, Driver's License. This is track three. This, this was is- the first single. And the longest track on the album by far. Which is wild. Um, okay, but first single, this is Driver's License. That is a little bit of, of driver's license. Uh, Johnny, what are your thoughts on driver's license? So, this was
2: the one song that I had heard before. I heard this, you know, when it, when it first came out, basically. Okay. And wh- then I, I didn't really care for it. And I was honestly hearing everyone else be like, Oh my gosh, this song, it's like the it, just hearing all of the like excitement for this song, I didn't get it. And hearing it on the album, I feel exactly the same way. This is the weakest song on the album for me, pretty pretty easily.
1: Now, it's, it's funny, Johnny, because uh, this song, I think I may have had a different reaction if I had heard it the way that you had heard it, which is hmm. in January, I heard it for the first time on this album. And it was after Brutal and Traitor, which were two songs that I loved. And this one, I was like, oh, this is fine. This is an okay one. But if I had to pick what I thought were the singles on this album, I mean maybe I would have thought that this was a single just because if like it does sound like it's been very produced, but I will be honest. It this one's just like it's okay. It's good. I think one of the things about this album, and I don't wanna I don't wanna say too much too early, but there are some amazing songs on this album. And the difference between the amazing songs and the good songs makes the good songs feel like they're not as good, but they're great yeah. songs. I think that they're great songs. There are just some really standout songs on this album, and I, for me, "Driver's License" is not one of them.
2: Yeah, this and this this is the first song that falls into the second sort of bucket, the broader bucket, or the, it's very emblematic of that bucket. This feels this feels like a Lord song to me.
1: I, I felt it, like it had some Lana Del Rey vibes to it.
2: Sure. It's just a very, like, early 2010s, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. feel, especially the um the bridge yeah. feels so, so, like, from that era. This this was another one that had a couple lines where I was like, I felt like I had to constantly keep looking up how old she was. Because <laughs> there was one Yeah, one you line, and Dan Nigro. <laughs> uh there was one where she said i pictured i was driving home to you which i assume is to your parents house um
1: oh they're all celebrities maybe they all have their own homes at 16 they
2: live in they live in a tiktok house um but the other line where i was like oh okay and you were probably with that blonde girl who always made me doubt she's so much older than me she's everything i'm insecure about but if everyone is like 16 17 and she's so much older that gives me pause
1: well johnny <laughs> i will say that a thing about th- that i was tr- constantly remembering when i was listening to this was she was 17 and 18 when she was writing this and so two weeks when you're 17 is a lot of fucking time and
2: yeah and maybe if- her birthday's in september exactly so she started
1: and if you say you're so much older than me and you're two years older than me, that's two years of like 18, that 18 to 20 gap is like huge. And I don't know who this song is about, but I'm assuming it's, I'm assuming when I mean, she not says, Dave <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming <laughs> when she says so much older than me, she means like three years or something. Sure. Wh- which still for that time is like, oh yeah, you've, that's like three years, you can go to fucking bars. You can like that's have experiences true. that I just am not able to have, and that that to me feels like I understood that part.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I didn't think about it that way.
1: Um, I, the, the, I thought about the, that in Trader too, which is like two weeks. Two weeks later, you go and date her. I'm like, t- two weeks to me in my 30s is like, especially after a year of isolation. I'm like, I couldn't even tell you how much time that is, but two weeks when you're a teen is like, oh my god, that's so fucking long. Yeah.
2: Uh, the the only other thing that I'll mention about this this song, and I do want to talk about the video too yeah, we quickly. Yeah, um, it just It just feels like it's constantly building to something that never happens. Mm-hmm. And that was like frustrating to listen to, especially coming off of like brutal and, and even, even Traitor, which just doesn't have that build and has more of a... I feel like I was constantly waiting for this song to resolve and then it just doesn't.
1: What what I'll say about this song is the more I listened to it, the more I liked it. And I definitely think that I understand why people love this song. I think it's a good song. It it wasn't my favorite on the album, but that's just because I had specific favorites on the album. I also think it's wild... I don't think any Disney kid who became a pop star has really ever done this, but all three of her singles, I think she has a. She says fuck on every single one of them. And someone asked her, is this intentional to be like, I'm not this Disney kid anymore? And she's still on. She's on High School Musical. She's on like a Disney show still.
2: High School Musical, The Musical, The Series, which is an extremely good title. Yeah, I mean, that's
1: that's good. uh,
2: We. During. The the I guess it was the be- very beginning of quarantine. Whatever, it doesn't matter when. But we we watched all the High School Musical movies.
1: Oh wow, never seen them.
2: They weren't bad, especially the first one's very fun. I say go watch them. She's not in those, but she is in the show that's based off of the musical that's based off of the movies.
1: I mean, listening to this album, I was like, maybe the is pretty good. Like, in watching her videos, I was like, yeah, she's not, she has some charisma to her. She could probably pull off a a leading role. Um, She should have hosted SNL. Why didn't she host SNL? What a travesty. That show is down the shitter. Uh... But, I, but, yeah, but, again, she said that it wasn't, like, a conscious thing to be, like, I'm not this Disney, you know, kid anymore. I'm this adult. She was just, like, this is the album, and the album that I'm making is kind of raw. And I'm, like, cool. That's cool. Like, yeah. let, your, let your Disney self be Disney self, and let your album self be album self. Like, that's fine. As long as Disney is not going to, like, drop her contract over it or whatever. But, but yeah, again, she she's, she's not doing anything, like, you know, she's not doing any, like, uh... Uh, Zionism or racism or (laughs) any, like, weird stuff. So I think it's okay. Right.
2: Um, Do you want to talk about the video?
1: I will say, Johnny, watching this video made me like the song more because Hmm. I feel like the... the kind of the rawness of the emotion of the video lent itself really well to kind of put the song in a context for me visually, and, and I really enjoyed that.
2: Yeah. Oh, one other thing I about the lyrics to this specifically and a lot of these songs i think do a great job of capturing sort of like teenage life Uh but i mean just remembering being excited to get my driver's license and thinking of all the things i could do like i I don't know just and then just like driving around like literally just driving around Uh, when you're you can drive around because you're like happy and you're just like cruising around you can drive around because you're sad you're just like i have nothing else to do and i'm just gonna fucking mope and like whatever um and i I did
1: really like that i had a friend in high school who his parents were i i maybe they didn't give a shit but they were more lenient but he would often just like drive around all night like literally all night long just like chain smoke cigarettes and drive around and listen to music and i was like I mean, that sounds awesome. It did. He when he was describing it to me, it sounded really cool. In retrospect, as an adult, it was like probably pretty sad. Um, but I was like, my, I would do I, that now. For sure. Chain smoke cigarettes, why not? Just to get out of the house. But I I just don't think I w- ever had that impulse to do something like that when I was that age. But it kind of made me think about like, you know, just that freedom that like I could just fucking drive, you know? That that is cool.
2: Did you in Florida when you first get your license we had rules for how late you could drive? Did you have that in Indiana?
1: I'm sure that there was. There was also like rules about who you could have in your car like age-wise and stuff like that oh, until a certain period. Cuz we didn't you, have that. When you first have your permit or something, you can't you can't have fellow kids in the car with you like teens and stuff. You can only drive with adults. We something like that. I but I again, I don't really remember.
2: Right, but I can remember like turning seventeen and getting to drive like an extra hour later, and the the coolest thing for me because you could drive, whatever it was like you could only drive until ten p.m. or eleven p.m. or whatever, unless you were getting off of a work or oh, school yeah. function. Yeah, um, and I worked at a movie theater, so I was constantly getting off of work at like two a.m. or whatever, and that always felt so cool. Being like that felt like such freedom. Yeah. To, to be able to drive that late when I was like 16 and just like, oh, it's like 2 a.m. and I'm just like cr-
1: cruising on the highway. Honestly, probably the safest time for a 16-year-old to be out yeah. there because there's no one else there. Um, did you have any other thoughts on the video? I, you know, it's, it's pretty standard fare. She's just like driving around. She's being very sad. She's on the floor of her bedroom writing you know, th- things down.
2: W- one thing about the video that drove me absolutely fucking bonkers. The song starts out with the sound of keys jingling and a car starting. Uh huh. And the video starts out with footage of a car already driving, but you hear the sounds of keys jingling and a car starting. And that, I hated that. <laughs> I hated that. Just take the sounds out. Why not? Or start the car at the beginning of the video. Or
1: just do, yeah, show, show the keys jingling of the thing. Yeah, just like let that all blend together.
2: It was, it was a, that is a baffling decision to me.
1: Yeah. Uh, again, I, that part went right over my head. It didn't really bother me. I was too busy thinking, like, oh, it is how it is cool how the the car noise transitions into the piano noise. I like that. I do like that. It that is cool. Just start the car. Just, just start, start the, the car. car. Well, she just but, got her uh, license, so she doesn't really know how all this stuff works yet.
2: Yeah, she she got behind the car, pushed it. That it's just coasting off of her push, and then she's in uh-huh, the car uh-huh. and starting it up. Yeah, like Little uh, Miss Sunshine. Um. Yeah, but otherwise, it's it's a it's a fine video. It's nothing, nothing to write home about, but it's nothing bad. Speaking of nothing to write home about,
1: let's talk about track four, One Step Forward, Three Steps Back. It's always one step forward
0: and three steps back. I'm the love of your life until I make you mad. It's always one step forward. You love me, want me, hate me, boy I don't understand No I don't understand and Maybe in some way I kinda find it all All
1: right, that's a little bit of uh, one step forward, three steps back. Johnny, what do we think of one step forward, three steps back?
2: <sighs> no, no. I didn't care for this one. It's, it's like fine. It just felt like she was kind of singing a poem more than like a song. Um, it's fine. It's just not my, just not my deal. So, in
1: my mind, Johnny, this one is the weakest song on the album. Um, that's fair. Which again, I don't even think that the song is bad. It's just like, I, I love it. It's on theme. You know, it's about the breakup. It, it's, it's covering some kind of emotionally raw stuff. It's just, it's just not my favorite. That's,
2: yeah, that's totally fair. It's um, it's whatever.
1: I I really like. I actually really like the like the the songwriting in the song. I like verse two, and maybe in some masochistic way, I kind of find it all exciting. Like, which lover will I get today? Will you walk me to the door or send me home crying? I I think that that line. It, it you're right. It kind of does feel like a poem, but it does feel like I don't know. It's it's super telling. It's very charged. Like you're saying, like you're not being treated well, but you also kind of like that you don't know what you're going to get. You know, like there's Mm -hmm. like the mystery, the mystery is kind of intriguing. It's just, yeah, I, I, that, that part I thought really, really spoke to me in like a, oh, this is like, this is, it feels like good songwriting in that part.
2: Yeah. This, this felt like um another kind of early 2010s sound. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it, it felt like something that would have played when I worked in Starbucks back in like 2010, 2011. This felt like, yeah, like, that era Starbucks music.
1: I can definitely hear that.
2: It's also... I was, I was hoping it would be One Step Forward, Three Steps Back does remind me of the Paula Abdul MC Scat Cat song. Sure. But that's Two Steps Forward, Two Steps Back. But I was... I can't not think of that when I hear Stepping Forward and Stepping
1: Back. Stepping Forward, Stepping Back. Now, my mind went to like... Didn't Maroon 5 have a song about like Stepping Forward and Stepping Back? I don't know, but I have bring me me closer to heart attack. No, I don't know.
2: I've I have been wanting to do a Maroon Five album for a while though, so maybe we we maybe we find out.
1: We absolutely should. I I'll be kind of embarrassed uh, at where I place a Maroon Five album uh, depending on which album it is. Yeah, I'll be embarrassed about that, but it will okay. The location does not change, Uh, Johnny. Yeah, let's let's just move to number five. Let's talk about déjà vu. That is a little bit of déjà vu, Johnny. This was the second single. Uh, it debuted at number eight. So, you know, "Driver's License" debuted at number one. Uh, second single debuted at number eight. I gotta say, I fucking love this song. I think this song is fantastic. It was a real toss-up for my uh, favorite song, my second favorite song, and my third favorite song. Um, but this is top three for me, baby. This is a great song.
2: Yeah, this one. This one's good. The lyrics in on this one are fantastic as well. Fantastic. And this is another. This is another reverse you ought to know, which is just so fun.
1: Um, I, I love the structure. I love the way that they're structured. It's like it goes over all these cute moments that they had together, and then it flips them to talk about how, you know, she he's he's doing all this shit with another girl, and it's not special, honey. I did it first. And it's like, oh, God, I fucking love that.
2: It was um, absolutely wild to hear her sing about watching Glee. Yeah. that's wh- What a, like... Something I never thought in a million years I would hear in music is someone talk about the TV show Glee.
1: It's so funny because that's, you know, that was a millennial show, you know? Yeah. Uh, we got some of our biggest Aaron Crises from that show. Um, but... <laughs> To hear, like, a Gen Z person, like, talking about reruns of Glee. But also, if if you are on a show called High School Musical, the series, the musical, or whatever, it sounds like the thing that you do. Yeah, This sounds like you and your friends get together, watch Glee, and sing the harmonies. You're a Disney kid. Yeah, it makes sense for me.
2: Um, This, the, the like, s- drums and synth in this, it, felt, it made it, this song sounded like a, like, a 2000s, like, indie song, almost like, almost like MGMT or something. Like, it, it. It, it was so interesting.
1: If you had just told me the name of the song, Deja Vu, and asked me to like, and you asked me, like, what do you think the most prominent instrument on this song is going to be? And I'd be like, synth. Of course it's going to be synth. The song's called Deja Vu. So, yeah, I, I, uh, but I, uh, man, I do, I fucking love, the, I love the synth on this song. I love, like, it, it has, like, a weird, like, MGMT dreamy quality to yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, like, yep. That's, that's great. Yeah. I mean, it, this song is just... I mean, it's just fun. It's just a fun, fun song. Um, did you watch the video for this, Johnny?
2: Yeah, this is a fun video. This is a great this video. This is a, a fun, like...
1: Uh, also wild. In this video,
2: she's, like, watching VHS tapes and, like, rewinding them and stuff. Yeah. And it's, like... That's just a, an absolute trip.
1: It's, like, VHS GIFs. It's, like, a VHS yeah. that just plays on a loop. Um, And in this video, she's, like, she... It's like spying on the other girl at the beginning and then like wearing the other girl's dress. And then she's like, and then it shows like all these like moments where they are are living the same life. It it felt like kind of like a talented Mr. Ripley thing happening.
2: Oh, I was thinking big like fight club vibes.
1: Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's either (laughs) she's replacing her life or they're the same person. Yeah. Oh, I think what the other thing that gives me Fight Club vibes is maybe like two and a half minutes into the video when they just start fucking wailing on each other and just like beating the <laughs> shit out of each other. Uh, big Tyler Durden vibes off that. No, but this one's great. It's solid. I, I, I think this is a, a fantastic track. Let's talk I about track driver's license. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Let's talk about track six, Johnny. This is good for you. Fucking love that. Here, here's something I'll say about good for you. If there is a trend for like pop stars to do punk pop, like crossover stuff, give me that trend forever. Like I know that the that Willow album, it, you know, with with pu- punk pop influences, I fucking I love it, man. I fucking love it.
2: Yeah, this this song absolutely fucking rips. This this song made me want to like dance,
1: dude. Yeah. Now, I will say this because. We, and Johnny, we've talked about it in the uh, the patron exclusive discord, but this song, the first time I heard it, I was like, oh shit, this is like Haley Williams misery business vibes to it. I, this is, I
2: wrote the same thing.
1: Absolute misery business vibes. I think it was completely influenced by that. And someone made a mashup of these two songs that Johnny, we listened to. It is extremely good. You should listen to yeah. the, the misery business mashup because it is fucking phenomenally good. It, it very technically impressive. Um, but man, that th- yeah, it's like this song makes you want to fucking rage. It just makes you want to like go hard. Uh,
2: yeah, and it's this one has a fun transition between like the verses still have that like Lord kind of feel, mm-hmm. and then the chorus is fully, fully misery
1: business. And then that little like post chorus thing that we listen to mm-hmm. here is just like, oh yeah, it's it's you're deep in these pop punk vibes. Did you watch the video? I did.
2: This was. This was a, you know, fun video. She's got a weird little phone thing that reminded me of the phone from It Follows.
1: Uh-huh. They they said um, that this was like an homage to like those like um uh horror film like a Carrie type thing films.
2: She I to me she she went like Dark Betty. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if you watch Riverdale. <laughs>
1: Dark Betty. Uh well, I don't, but I know I get the reference. I did watch <laughs> one episode of Riverdale for Hayward Riddle, Riddle, so I I I pretty versed in it at this point.
2: Please tell me you called that episode "Hey River, Riverdale."
1: <laughs> Missed opportunity. Uh, Damn it. The 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 thing that I was confused about, Johnny. Speaking of being confused at the very beginning of her videos, who are those men filming her? I
2: I don't even remember that. Let me. Please let go. Me, uh, please go
1: watch the first five seconds of this video. They de- they never come back. It's two men, two like grown like adults filming her.
2: I'm gonna. Okay, I'm watching right now. Okay.
1: Johnny's live reaction to watching the video right now. It's for the,
2: Watching it for the second time. For
1: the second time. It starts with two grown men from her, like from their, you know, the the shot is behind their heads facing her. She's in a room. She's doing something. She's auditioning. And they're filming her and she grabs the camera
2: from their hands? Oh, uh, no. I, th- I think she, this is an interrogation or, or, or something because when it zooms in on her, the window has like kind of chicken wire on it as if she's in some sort of penitentiary or institution so
1: this is this is her being imprisoned from later in the video when she burns down her own bedroom or something
2: i i assumed it was she burned down his bedroom got it got it got it
1: well the way that that makes sense to me but the way that i interpreted this video was it was she was doing that and then it went right from that to cheerleading practice and i was like was that the cheerleading audition do you is that how cheerleaders audition two grown men in a room film you and you're like you can be a cheerleader now I was like I don't like that
2: it's well one of the dudes is Dan Nigro yeah
1: and- <laughs> he is old enough to be gray hair and everything um okay cool well that, that aside yeah the video is very fun she's 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 she finds some fucking long ass black gloves she I like she's how that's cheerleader the,
2: the only change to her outfit when uh-huh. she
1: goes dark Betty is long gloves The other thing that I'll say, Johnny, is that now you said this when we did the Dua Lipa episode. Now it's all I can think about whenever I see anything in a video, which is the choreography they give her in this, perfect for her. I'm assuming that she's a really, at least a passable dancer because she's in a show called like High School Musical, The Musical, The Show. But she's just like swaying. She's throwing her hips out and she's kind of stretching. And that's it for dancing.
2: Literally all you have to do, you just, you just have to, you just have
1: to choreograph for the dancer. It's the easiest thing in the world. Exactly. And it, it, it's it what she's doing in this video is more movement and less dancing. It's but it looks fine. It looks good it and looks makes great. sense. Yeah. I, I was I was very happy that they that, that was the, the direction that they went with this. I still
2: will wake up in a cold sweat thinking of Dua Lipa <laughs> dancing sometimes.
1: All right, Johnny, let's talk about track seven. This is enough for you
2: and this good for you is spelled the number for the letter u this is spelled the words for you
1: and speaking of yeah this it's spelled out the album is sour all caps and all of the tracks are all lowercase i don't think they, they, they they do caps yeah All right, that is a little bit of enough for you, Johnny. What do you think about enough for you?
2: Um, this this one was was fine. It's uh, the thing that's tough for me is I really fucking loved, like, good for you. It's it's hard to come down from the high of good for you into this like, mm-hmm. what what could be maybe a Damien Rice song, um. <laughs> It's, it's a tough transition. And I felt that kind of whiplash a lot through the album. Um, it's, I don't think it's a bad song. It's just tough after Good For You. I think the lyrics are, again, phenomenal. Do, don't tell me that you're sorry, boy. Feel sorry for yourself. Because someday I'll be everything to somebody else. That's good. That's incredible. So th- Truly incredible. This is
1: one that she wrote herself. She wrote it. She was she said that she was scrolling through breakup TikTok which is like okay that's a thing I didn't know about. She was scrolling through breakup TikTok and she found a TikTok that she was like really helped her with her breakup and then she kind of wow. wrote this song just on her bedroom floor from you know that experience I, which I love. I love this one so much more than I love one step forward three steps back. I I even think I like it right after good for you because it feels like an immediate come down. It's like the 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 way that this album is sequenced feels like the way that like you're processing, you know, this mm. like grief maybe is even sequenced where it's like one day I'm fucking so mad at you and the other day I'm like, is it me? Like it was I you know I I just I love how the way that it flits around between those things makes it feel like you're fucking processing these emotions in a different way
2: totally yeah or like you're with your friends and you're like fuck that guy like yep we should go we should go burn down his house and then you're home alone and you're like oh my god
1: like what yeah, is going like, on like i need breakup tiktok to help me now again I, I i say that this suffers from the same thing that uh one step forward three steps back suffers from and that it's not my favorite song on the album right i think mm-hmm. it's still good i i think it's really a good song it's just like you know it's it, it i feel <laughs> i feel as if My situation is obviously very different, but anyone experiencing a breakup when this album came out is like, I would be on another fucking world. Like, to hear all of these songs and contextualize them with my own breakup, that would be insane to experience.
2: It would be, it would be bad. Yeah, (laughs) I would
1: have a bad time. (laughs) I have a friend that I saw yesterday who told me that their upstairs neighbor had been listening to Driver's License on repeat for like an hour and they oh, were like no. and they were like i'm pretty sure they just broke up with their significant other as well so yeah
2: well especially i mean oh my god if if now i were to go through a breakup yeah i i don't even know i don't even know what i would do. <laughs> i would it would be i would play this and then i would listen i would alternate this album and pet sounds and i'm just like
1: <laughs> that's it all right johnny let's let's talk about um track eight this is happier That post-chorus synth right there, I fucking love that. Okay, that's a little bit of uh, of Happier. I, I I gotta say, Johnny, I fucking love the piano on this song. I think the piano on this song is, is fantastic. I love that descending synth, you mm-hmm. know, post-chorus. We got some fucking violin and viola in this song. Very subtle. Love that. I love the bridge, the ooh-ooh bridge. It's very dream poppy, this whole song. I, it's one of the stronger songs on the album. I, I really, every time I hit Happier, I was like, fuck Yeah the
2: The chorus to this song is unreal. it's so fucking good. The lyrics are out of control just just absolute incredible shit,
1: yeah, I mean again, like we're she's every song is her processing this breakup in kind of a different way, and this mm-hmm. is the one where she's like, You know what, good, I want you to go on, I want you to move on i do not want anyone to make you happier than me. (laughs) I just want, (laughs) I want you to fucking think about me at the bliss, most blissful times of your life and not be able to let me go.
2: It's so interesting. There are a billion breakup songs. Every every song is a breakup song. This is one of the few, if any like breakup albums where it is doing that and like really dissecting the breakup in a completely different way for like, Whether or not it's the case, it feels like this song is all about one breakup. Sure. As opposed to a bunch of, you know, like, whatever. Uh, The writings on the wall had a bunch of, like, breakup cheating songs, but it was like, oh, these are all just about different things, and they're just kind of songs. This is like, this album is about this thing, which is very cool.
1: And if you were to tell me, hey, this album, it's 10 songs, and it's all about one breakup, I'd be like, I don't want to listen to that album. But after listening to this album, I'm like, oh, This is like 10 different takes on the same breakup in a way that I'm really interested Maybe not 10, maybe like nine, but really interested in listening to. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, this Happier is great. I I really, really like this one. It's one of the stronger on the album. Uh, Let's talk about track nine. This is Jealousy, Jealousy. has like a time vibe or something yeah maybe that like like, the like guitar yeah like that guitar maybe okay the, the, we're hitting the bridge here, which is fucking great. The piano just going for a fucking walk in the bridge is, I love. Uh, but Johnny, that's a little bit of jealousy, jealousy. Yeah, the screaming guitars, the bass line on this one is out of control. Good. It fucking slaps, slaps, slaps.
2: Yeah, this is this is another just absolute fantastic one. And this, I mean, all the songs on this album feel so, or the, and this one in particular, feel so like honest and reminded me a lot of um, Khalid where it's just like a teen writing about teenage stuff yeah. for teens. It just feels so real because it is. Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, because it is.
2: It's it. It's so much better than... Like every Blink-182 song is like, hey, we're in high school and whatever, but mm. they were like, whatever, 25, 30 writing those, and it's like, okay, this is very different.
1: The... I cannot tell you how happy it makes me. Happy it makes me to hear a song like "Jealousy, Jealousy" at track number nine on the album. Where I'm like, yeah. if you're still putting fucking fantastic songs this late in your album, chances are you got a pretty good fucking album. You know that's like,
2: <laughs> I not to not to give away what we will almost certainly do on the show one day, but I just listened to um, Avril Lavigne's first album. Wow. The the. The all the songs you know, three yeah, songs, yeah. yeah, on yeah. That I know, album, uh, probably. Yes, the singles, those are in the first four songs on the album.
1: <laughs> so, in some, <laughs> it's like sometimes okay. it be that way, like sometimes they don't have <laughs> enough songs for an album, and it's like you had three great songs, yeah. It, I feel like more recently, pop song pop albums aren't doing that as much anymore. Um, but I don't know, man. Yeah, like there was a time where, where that happened constantly. Maybe it has to do
2: with like streaming or something, you know, like it, I don't don't know. know. Maybe, maybe that's Um, my, I I can't, I can't not have a cynical take on something. (laughs) So,
1: all right, Johnny, let's talk about track 10 on the album. (laughs) This is favorite crime.
0: you with the smile on my face. Oh, look what we became. All the things I did, just so I could call
1: I have a question for you, Johnny, about favorite crime. Yes. Do you think that in a world where we never got folklore and evermore, we would have favorite crime on this album?
2: Interesting.
1: It feels like... I mean, this is like the most like folky pop song on the album. It's the most like... Metaphorical song that she puts on the album that's like not really a personal experience as much, and it just feels like we are living in a time like a post folklore time where now, when someone puts out like a folk pop song, i'm like it must there must be some influence there right that's that's what i there just well, must be
2: much like folklore, none of the titles of the songs are capitalized Ooh. so that's it's so funny that you mentioned that because i in in my notes for this song all of her lyrics on this album are absolutely out of control. Yeah, they're great. And and I was thinking, because we just did like uh, Fearless, mm-hmm. one of one of Taylor Swift's very early albums. And she was around this age when she was writing Fearless. Imagine if Taylor Swift had been writing lyrics like this then and where Folklore would, you know, like Folklore has some out of control lyrics. Imagine if she had, basically started here, where Olivia Rodrigo is starting. You I know what I say,
1: mean? I Taylor Swift walked so Olivia Rodrigo could fucking run. <laughs> but I think also they had, like, a positive Twitter or Instagram interaction where Taylor Swift said she, like, loved this, loved, not maybe this song, but this album, and, like, was like, Olivia Rodrigo's oh. my girl, or something like that. And Olivia that Rodrigo be- cited Taylor Swift as her, like, musical hero, so... That's awesome. Yeah, you you love to see it. Uh, and I love I love one of the things that I love as a comedian too is like uplifting the next generation, you know? Um so it's really cool when Taylor Swift is like, "Yes, Olivia Rodrigo, this album rules. You did a great job with it." I'm like, "That's huh, what, what imagine the compliment. It's like if Jim Belushi was like, "Hey, you're really funny." I'd be like, uh, "Excuse Jim me, Jim?" Yeah, Jim. I'd be like, <laughs>
2: Uh, Jim Belushi, um, everyone. According to Jim, I'm very funny.
1: <laughs> that would go on my website for sure. Uh, but no. Uh, what that- if? But what if Taylor Swift said you were funny?
2: That I would rather make Taylor Swift laugh than Jim Belushi.
1: For that, sure, Johnny. That's insane. What an insane thing to say.
2: Because <laughs> I don't give a fuck about Jim Belushi.
1: Uh, no, I of course Jim Belushi is of course. My hero, he's my comedic <laughs> idol. But favorite crime, favorite crime, I think is really good. I think that it does suffer from being so metaphorical that it's not as raw as the rest of the album, mm. but it sounds so like pretty. I, I really love her like take on that like folk pop genre again, genre defying album. I, I love that it's here. Um, it's it's a good song. I like favorite uh, favorite crime a lot. Yeah, it's 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 extremely solid. All right, Johnny. Let's talk about the last track on this album. This is "Hope You Are Okay." Hope you're okay.
0: I love you. And I hope
1: that you're okay. Okay, so that's a little bit of hope you're okay. Johnny, I got to know what are your what are your thoughts on hope you're okay?
2: I I feel like I do this a lot when there's one of these sort of very um serious sort of songs it's fine it's fine i feel bad for thinking it's just fine but it's also strange on this thematically i don't feel like this is in line with the rest of the album yeah it, it's just like oh here's here's this this other song it, it, I don't know. It feels tacked on in a strange way.
1: Well, I gotta talk about hope you're okay in relation to where it is on the album. It's the last song, and I feel like mm-hmm. last songs. It's like the t- what I, I've said this before, and I got the time wrong. The ten to midnight, ten to midnight sketch, ten to one,
2: yeah, ten it, to one, t- t-
1: whatever. Depending but on if, what time zone you're in. Depending on your time zone, it's the it's the last, like it's it's the slot in the album where you can put the thing that kind of makes the least amount of sense for the album. And I and I think that a lot of artists do it, and a lot of people put maybe even something like. Yeah, more, more thematically a, a break or more personal or something like that in this very last slot or maybe even just a kind of like an outroy song, right? Like a song that just closes the album well. Yeah. And from those that perspective I get it. So I'm contextualizing it in that. But what I will say is it's not about anyone that she knows she even came out and said like these aren't people that i know but they're like people that i know from knowing people like friends of friends or kind of like archetypes so it's like not personal like the rest of the album is Mm. like deeply personal and even the even the like the sentiment behind hope you're okay is like i don't know that i like that it's like i'm not gonna do anything not really gonna check up on you we don't really talk but like i hope you're doing good i hope you're it's like it's kind of a fuck you it's kind of a throwaway i again I'm putting too much of like too much criticism on it because it's fine and the more I listened to it, the less I was kind of uh, quote-unquote offended by it as the last song of the album. I just really do wish that it had more of a thematic tie-in or something to the album yeah. that I, I just was missing because I wanted more of like a breakup song. Again, it's, I, I it, want more breakup songs.
2: It's interesting too, I didn't know that she was writing about people that she didn't really know, but this was one where I was like, She's singing about a bunch of like very teenage yeah. stuff. And it and like she was probably homeschooled in a trailer on a set. <laughs> so
1: like it just felt
2: it, it almost felt insincere, especially compared to the rest of the album that is so sincere.
1: It, it's it's ruined by the comparison, I will say. Because if this was mm-hmm. just the album that was like the last song on a pink album or whatever, you know, it's like if it was just the last song on any other album, I think it'd be fine. But the last I, song on this album is is hard.
2: I agree with you. I think this song is her Vietnam.
1: This song is definitely my Vietnam. Now, I, I want to bring this up, Johnny, because even though I felt that way about this song, I felt a couple uh, I felt... Maybe I felt this was maybe my weakest on the album, but there was a few that was like, just like I had my three favorites, I had my three, like, these are not my favorites. I did not have any skips on this album. The more I listened to it, at one point I was like, this song might be a skip for me, but I never would skip it. I would listen to it all the way through, and I think I I think I needed it in context with the rest of the album to actually be there. And the more I listened to "Hope You're Okay," the less I was like bothered or annoyed by it. But when I first heard it, I was like, "What is this doing on this album? I don't know why it's here."
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's it's fine,
1: it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. It's the it, I give a lot of also like I give a little bit of extra leeway to it being the last song on the album. Like go nuts, like knock yourself out, swing for the fences on that last song. Try something new. If it doesn't land, it doesn't land, and it's not going to ruin an album for me. I'll I'll talk about it Johnny because I think I think that my opinion of this album changed a little bit over the course of me listening to this album. But like okay. I said, I don't think there's a single skip on here. This is her fucking debut. She's 18. The songwriting is very good. The fact that she is attempting to go all all attempting to do all of these different genres feels feels like it's a choice. Whereas some people's debut albums, when they just experiment with, like, remember Justin Bieber's debut album, yeah, he had all those genres on it, and it just felt like people didn't know what to do with him. This felt like she knew exactly what she was doing, and she was making intentional choices the whole time, and that is like the fucking difference maker. It makes it so much more powerful. I will say, not going through a breakup right now, kind of, kind of the opposite. This fucking album. Rules. I love this album. I was, I put this on heavy rotation. I would just listen. I mean, it's only 35 minutes, but I would just listen to it and then it would start again and I would listen to it again. This is going on my top 100. It's going on my top 100 with a, with a hefty endorsement. I can't wait to listen to more Olivia Rodrigo. I hope we do this show for many more years and we get to listen to more. I have no interest in listening to the uh, EP from the guy who this is supposed to be about. I hope that guy's career fucking crashes and burns. I hope <laughs> Olivia Rodrigo torches your ass, bro. I hope nobody listens to your fucking EP. I am putting this at number 59 on my list. Wow. Wee. Okay. I am not always going to be in the mood to listen to a breakup album, but if you were to tell me to ask me especially right now when it's so fresh, what's your go-to breakup album? I would be like, my man, hand me Olivia Rodrigo and Let's Go to Work. Johnny, what do you think? Where's this going on your Billboard Top 100 or is it going in the fucking trash? So, here's what here's what I'll say. Please say it. I
2: heard I heard driver's license Ages ago. I didn't care for it. This song, I also listened to this album on very heavy rotation. Heavier than most albums that we do, I think. I'll
1: say the same. It's it definitely heavier than most that we do on the show.
2: One of the things that you saw as a strength in this album, to me, was a weakness. It, this album feels, to me, obviously very thematically sure. linked. Obviously. But the difference in genres made this feel more like a, a best of album or like a compilation of this is this is what I imagine the Chris Gaines album to be like, okay. where it's a bunch of different genres <laughs> sort of sure. mixed into one. Um, and that was really tough for me, especially because I fucking loved Brutal and uh, Good for You and like Jealousy Jealousy. I want to hear that album. The 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 album that those 3 tracks are from is the album that I want to hear. Sure. Yeah. And even though all of the rest of the songs on this album are like good to very good, it just I just kept wanting more of of even even if we had stayed in the like driver's license lane, it the moving around between genres was tough for me. Okay. Um and because of that I I'm I can't I can't put it on my top 100.
1: I Johnny, I totally understand because I think that that can I, it can be jarring for different people too, right? What what I found is like I loved the emotional journey that the album took me on through the different genres, but I can totally understand being like I was left with the same impression where it's like brutal and good for you. I, give me 10 more of those songs, but I wanted yeah. 10 more of every one of her best songs. Yeah, yeah. that's and, and that's the thing. Is and
2: and I think that you could also, there's a difference between like, cause those also have different tones. And like you're saying, it's like exploring this breakup and all of the different like sort of ways that you go at a breakup. And there are all these different like tones and that would be okay to me. But because it was all these different genres was like, it was just tough. I want, I want the pop punk breakup album.
1: (laughs) Johnny, was this, was this, is this one of our, is this our first album that, one of us has put on the list and the other one has it? No, no. We Heim, am no. for sure we did that. Um Um there have been a few. There I'm may sure. have been a few, yeah.
2: Like I put Batman at number one, I think if I remember correctly, you no, didn't I, put that on. I think
1: I put <laughs> mine at number one as well for Batman. Oh um, shoot, no, yep, you're, you're right. right. We both put that at number one. Uh fact checkers, make sure you uh check us on that. I think we both did. I, I do say you should listen to this album. Oh, you should definitely listen to this album. Um, Johnny, you you mentioning your favorites. I, I just wanted to recap real quick because I was like, I was talking to my friend Arnie Parrot about this album as well, and I was like, my God, six of these songs are like all-timers for me. And the rest of them are good, but like six of them are so standout good. And I think those are uh Brutal, Traitor, Deja Vu, Good For You, Happier, and Jealousy Jealousy. I fucking loved those songs. Fucking loved those songs.
2: I love that my top three are also in your like top six. Top six. Like, I,
1: I just think that those were just like obvious standouts outs uh, from this mm-hmm. album.
2: Yeah. And the thing, the the frustrating thing for me is she clearly has such like skill and proficiency in each of these genres where like she can do them. Oh yeah. So if each of these sort of like three lanes that this album was in was, and maybe maybe this is part of it. Maybe one of those was like, "This is the EP," and she was like, "No, I want more." Maybe maybe there was like whatever the oh. pop punk EP, yeah, could and be, and this is like three EPs mashed together. You know, I I don't know,
1: I. Johnny, this is
2: me making a headcanon for this album.
1: <laughs> I think it's fine um, to contextualize it in, in your experience as well, because you know the, the whole point of this is that uh, the our musical tastes are subjective, but I do think we both across the board endorse you listening to this album, so if you haven't listened to this album, please do give it a listen. It's not a long album to listen to, um, no. and it's very good. And with that, oh, um... <laughs> One more thing that I would just like to announce, we hit our next stretch goal on the Patreon. So we're moving up to our Patreon stretch goals to uh, eating those Garth bowls, Johnny. And since we're both vaccinated, we will be eating those Garth bowls in person. But the first stretch goal that we hit is for a AU, non-canonical, Bill Buds episode that is Bill Buds, but with a different take on what the bill stands for. Of course, ours stands for Billboard, like the Billboard Top 200, something that kind of went over everybody's head, kind of our fault named it a bad name uh so we're taking that bill and we're making it a different type of bill and doing an episode on that and that will be available i think it's available on the patreon now i think you can go listen to that now so please do give that a a, a check out it's Patreon dot com slash Billbuds pod pay what you will
2: yeah and um i feel like i don't say it enough but thanks hey genuinely Thanks for listening.
1: Um, Johnny and I talk about this all the time. It's it's fucking crazy that people are like, hey, can you please do this album? It's like, you really want us to, you want to hear what we have to think about I, this album?
2: I have such bad taste. <laughs> it's and so people bad. still want to hear me talk about music. And it's, <laughs> it's very flattering. And I just, it's just, thank you. That's just great.
1: Yeah. A big thank you from this side of the bill buds to all of you out there listening. And additionally, we tip our hats to you and we wish you a fond, Farewell. Tonight we're hanging with the boys. Yeah, we're going out. We're getting stupid and feeling
0: proud. we going to make a lot of noise.
1: Turn the music loud. Hands up for them real ones. Them good girls and them bill butts. real, real ones.